Healing crystals, skincare routines, knitting a sweater, fitting in jeans. With Katie and Sarah, no need to worry, you're on a lady journey. Is this your new sweatshirt from when you went to Palm Springs for Joe's birthday? Yes, um, Joe's mom got it for me because <gasps> I, I <gasps> was the thing of like not bringing my wallet or my phone, mm-hmm. which has all my, it's my wallet too. Yeah. Uh, that I didn't have enough cash for it, and so I, she ended up getting it for oh. me. But I love the oh, color. Sweet. Love and, the color. Um, it's making me move into like we're getting ready for summer. It's so it's yeah. so my color actually. Yes, I was it, thinking is. That. <laughs> it is. And you <laughs> got it in honor of me. I love that color. It looks great on you, and I love like the kind of the southwestern. 85? Yeah. Yes. Um, so big cute. Sucker for it. And then I decided to go summer jewelry. Already. Oh, I love that. I love so. that get into it yes yeah. it's such a mood so how was your trip to palm Springs, by the way it you was had a great so time. much fun oh. um we just rented a really nice one of those like mid-century homes mm-hmm. and the whole town is just mid-century i love that so i like just driving around looking at all the houses and then we found an open house and then we got to drive through and i was you just want to fantasize being like am i i like to be a palm desert person oh my gosh. A palm am, I a desert? Person? am i a desert woman <laughs> Like just hiking in Joshua Tree, getting everything at REI, and then that's yes. your personality. Like boots. Um, yes. Uh, lo- like I just love the whole vibe. I like picture myself being an older woman, playing tennis, just going to the country clubs the whole time. Yes, a wide-brimmed hat. What? Yes. Um, oh. But you also realize if I live there for an extended period of time, I will become straight a leather couch. <laughs> the, the sun is so strong there. It's so bright. I had to douse myself in sunscreen the whole time and then I wore like a hat. And yeah. then also it got so windy. It just kicks up dirt everywhere. Yeah. And then, so you have to make sure your pores are clean 24 seven. Oh man. And then. And it's, it is really dry there too. It's so super dry. dry. Um, You're like, why does my hand hurt? <laughs> I have like paper cuts all over my hands. Absolutely. I had to lather and cream. I was just really like greasy the whole time because yeah. of that, which I don't mind. Um, but. Yeah, you get over, you're like, I don't know if I could live here, but definitely for a vacation home if you were living in uh, L.A. or something. It's so fun. It takes like two plane rides to get there. Uh, I went there I went there a few years ago with a guy I was dating at the time um, because we got some kind of JetBlue deal that it was yeah. like just a, a nonstop flight. And we were like, great, it's perfect. So we went there and we ended up, we wanted to do hot springs and we were like trying we were like looking around we found one and it was kind of like the local hot springs but it was mostly like the local alcoholics just like (laughs) hanging out in the hot springs and we were like oh you know we were like there and then we just like be kind of confronted by like a woman who felt in the mood for a chat yes you know like making her own margaritas on the side of the hot springs we're like what you brought can you bring the cooler that close to the hot springs? She was like, let me tell you about the 60s. And we're like, no. Yeah, because that was like a hotbed, but it does also seem like just like alcoholism. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> just wasting away. It's yes. very, yeah, parrot head central. Yes, it is. I And I had these fantasies of like, I want to do a caftan party. Mm, yes. I love the idea of a Joshua, tr- I'm being, I'm a Joshua tree lady. But there was a huge New York Times article where, They've had like such a huge boom that it's just driven prices. The Airbnb boom that's oh, driven really? prices. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the place to be, especially now because of Coachella. Yeah. 
which it, which just happened a couple weeks ago. So by the time this comes out, it'll be a little longer. But there is a part of me. I do want to, I wish I could just be cool and go to Coachella, but I actually think I would hate it. I think I would hate it too, because my style is not boho, so I would have to get a wardrobe that is inauthentic to myself, <laughs> and then just try to be like, yes, I wear feathers, you know me. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's just like, that's not who I am. And Yeah. Or I'd just be like sticking out in my like basics, my neutrals. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like also really old feeling old and then I'm also not a person that really can lie to myself in the way of like Instagramming that I'm having an amazing time while there's like a trash fire going on like in the other direction it also feels like um everyone that goes comes from an extreme amount of wealth yeah and so it I do feel like going to Coachella is so expensive I'm like I'd rather wait for a festival to just show up in our backyard yeah or or I'd just rather go to like a cabin you know cabin in the woods yeah because I remember doing um I always I did a like Lollapalooza in the late 90s and I remember I did enjoy it but most it it would always be in the summer months it would be 100 degrees in Houston Mm -hmm. Uh, you'd only really like one or two bands for the full day. So it was just like a lot of like standing around in heat. Even those festivals feel really expensive. You're like, I can't afford an $18 hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, oh, spending your money only on beer. Yeah, this is good. This Uh, is my, this is like (laughs) eating a loaf of bread. That's what they say. Yeah. And then the next, you just always come back like uh, sick. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I just want a quiet retreat. Oh, quiet retreat. Well, Mike and I are planning a little getaway to Miami, actually. I, that's another one. Yeah. Being in New York, the whole Miami weekend trip is a thing. We did it once and I was like, I actually really like this. I think I've never been to Miami before and we decided to do it just because Mike's mom lives in Florida. So we're going to go partly for her birthday for the weekend. So we're going to go. We're like, oh, this is like a perfect little thing we could do just a few days where, you know, it's not going to be like a super expensive vacation. We're doing like a hotel that's also an Airbnb. So it's kind of like I guess it's like a boutique hotel that we found on Airbnb. Yeah. Where it's like one bedroom. It's by the beach. We're going to go do all the fun stuff. And I'm just so looking forward to just having an excuse to like do nothing. Yes. I, the great nice beaches uh I like getting cu- Cuban co- Cuban coffees oh I yes I love I love Cuban uh Anything. there's a great um like a diner but it's a Cuban diner Versailles or whatever it was on like Bourdain has done it oh that's great. a place that you should definitely go out yes. check out but they have good coffee and then their Cuban sandwich and then they have a bakery oh I love that yeah we were thinking like we definitely want to go to like some cafes in the morning and then go to the beach and then maybe or like the pool yeah our our hotel has like a pool out on the roof okay so we're gonna go to that and I, I'm just I'm just like oh it's so exciting to be like oh, I have something in my future <laughs> Something just, I'm hanging on by a thread, and this is yes. keeping me going. Uh, always have something in the future. Oh, it's just a little plan. Just a little plan, definitely. Uh, where are we at? Where's, what's our journey? So we didn't get to your journey from last time. Yeah. You wanted to talk about Brene Brown, and you're I'm, on a path. I'm on the Bre- Brene Brown journey. I've been aware of her for years, and yes. I, I feel like she is the like the whisperer to 
like 30 year old and above white woman yes yes she's the white woman whisperer <laughs> she's like you can do it bitch well she, i'm pretty sure she's broad like she, yes every she caters she's to everybody. everybody yeah i was i read her a bit um when i was kind of on my healing journey last year when i was in aruba during the pandemic i was listening to her book on tape about being open-hearted and and i was like okay but i couldn't quite make it through it because that book is like 800 pages so i think i made it through like 20 well i've um I'm not doing the books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've done a little light research. So I guess she became popular off of a TED Talk yes. 11 years ago or yes. something like that about shame or vulnerability. Vulnerability, yeah. yeah. That's when TED Talk could launch you. That Yes. <laughs> now it's just anybody with a podcast is like, here's my <laughs> thoughts on time travel. And you're like, what? Are, do you have a background in this? Absolutely. There's a few times where I've seen a comic being like, uh, I'm doing a TikTok, help, or not a TikTok, a TED Talk. Which yeah. is probably now TikTok. Is yeah, TikTok, TikTok is a TED Talk. It's a TED Talk. Um, that I was like, wait, I'm are you doing a specialist yeah. or something? Are you a scientist? Yeah, I had I'm doing no a TikTok idea. on comedy science. Um, I used to love TED Talks. I did too. And then it just got too saturated. They just let it yeah. go downhill. Any Anytime it starts becoming like sketch parody or right, like right. people are like, refer to it in their stand-up like well that was a TED talk um, right well it was like hard science and then it was like self-improvement stuff and then it started being like here's how you can keep your marriage from falling apart it's like no you need couples counseling you yeah. don't need a 15 minute talk on the internet absolutely and the there a lot of the stuff was like interesting so I looked at I watched her shame one yesterday and I this is what I like about her in the world of self-help, a lot mm-hmm. of it is uh, a lady being like, I'm taking phone calls now. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this worked for me. And then not acknowledging like uh, a place of privilege that they've come from. Yeah. Um, and while I eventually they end up all like saying something outrageous and then burning their fan bridge. Yeah. Whatever. Right. Right. I like the J.K. Co- Rowling. Yeah. <laughs> J.K. Rowling. Journey. The Rachel Hollis's. It's like. Wait, how this has no there's no backing. And now I feel like I'm part of your unhealthy habits. Yeah. Um, She's a researcher. Yes, she is. She does have actually like a background in science, which is a relief. Yeah. So she takes in she talks to a lot of people. She interviews very specifically in science. So there's ba- scientific backing or like she has the numbers to kind of prove what she's talking about. Yeah. Um, I also like her because she's kind of funny. She's funny and she's so like, she is really likable in the way that she's like down to earth and she's just kind of like an everyday gal. Yes. And you love that about her where it's like some people that are like, particularly like self-help gurus, it's like, why do you look like a celebrity? Yes. Like, Like, uh, Russell Brand has kind of gone into the self-help world of metaphysical. Yes. But he has no science behind it. And so he's been kind of like, I always think it's dangerous territory to be like anti-vax. Yeah. Which is your body, your choice. your body, your choice. But But it's just, uh, to just start talking about it as if you know. Yeah. Like, it's like, first of all, you look like Pirates of the Caribbean, (laughs) Russell Brand. (laughs) Like you're not a doctor, you're not a scientist and your standup, it was like your standup was like similarly, like you were just saying outrageous stuff, Yeah, you know, it's like, okay, we get it. Yeah. And so I've been drawn to Brene Brown and I'm really, I started, um, was it 
her series on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Is it Alice of the Heart? I love that I yeah. don't remember details. I, but I started watching it, and then when she said she was going to use movies to communicate, I was like, I'm good. Oh, I don't mind. You like it. It's not bad. It helps, you know. I don't want to delve into de- or you know like the re- that's why I'm not reading um <laughs> like, right right I can't handle it um it's easier for me to just like watch something and then break it down in that way uh I just like her tact it I feel like it's good I don't know I like to use it because I can't afford therapy or feel like I can yeah so and it helps also to be like maybe kinder to other people because she's basically totally. saying everybody's trying their best and then part of me is like I don't know. I don't know if you've done enough research. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like some people are trying their worst, actually. I think I did listen to a study that was done by her. Maybe it was on a podcast or something. uh, Or maybe this was in her TED Talk. But it was about how when people assume that other people are trying their best, usually they're more happier in their own lives. Mm -hmm. When they're able to assume that other people are trying their best, everyone's trying their best. Yeah, because I... I talk about that I think a lot of my anguish is I feel like I'm hanging out with people that I don't feel like are trying their best like we talked about the ones that don't ever want to google stuff yeah (laughs) that you're like I don't know if they're trying yeah it's like you're refusing to google I google my every thought okay you're just putting it in my lap (laughs) yes I am not responsible to help you figure out how to get where uh, to a place when you're like you can just google it just Google it for the love of God. Exactly. Um, but I think you're on the right path, though, with incorporating Brene Brown, even if, and I'm kind of doing the same thing with, you know, I, I starting today. Yeah. <laughs> starting today, I started doing, but incorporating a wellness practice every day, even when it's a pain in the dick hole and I don't want to be doing it. But right now I read today, I read the first chapter of The Universe Has Your Back by Gabby Bernstein, who I think... She's nuts, but (laughs) she just seems totally nuts. But what her books make sense. So I'm just forcing myself to read it because I know that I have had like a lower vibe lately. Yeah. I've had a lower vibe and I got and I think like actually doing a wellness practice like that every single day is better for you than going to therapy. Yeah. I the feeling of like be kinder to yourself because I had a really bad procrastination period this last month. Mm, Like it mm -hmm. was insane where mm. like I can't believe almost for two weeks I said I was going to do something and just didn't do it yeah that you get into a scary space doing that <laughs> I've been there too where you're like um but if I start it now then it's I've already procrastinated and then it's just gonna overwhelm yeah it is it is overwhelming you're and part of it is just like if it's not gonna be good I don't want to do it and I yeah. feel like I have like self-esteem issues so I feel like the Brene Brown with her She's talking a lot about that kind of stuff, like anxiety, yeah. overwhelming. And then at least with the heart, uh, Atlas of the Heart. Um, I also just say with most of these self-help, I take what I need and leave the rest. Yes, leave the rest. Leave yeah. the rest. But I, I think just having some of that, like just piping it in, you know, it helps like challenge your negative thoughts. And that can be like, I think, as helpful for depression as it, as it as therapy yeah exercising like taking vitamins and challenging your negative thoughts yes um well any anything that makes you kind of get out of your head a little bit yes and to think about other people I think is always a healthy 
perspective. But I just started this journey, my Brene Brown journey. And I have to say, I really dig her. I also like that um, I relate to her. She's from Texas. Yes, she's a Texan. She's she, a Texan. She used to smoke cigarettes. So I like anybody that... Uh, was has been a, on a smoking journey. Has been <laughs> it, for me, it's relatable. Yeah. I don't like people that are absolutely perfect or try to project perfection in their yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Um, she waited tables at the same chain restaurants that I had waited oh tables. Oh, my God. So she talked Daddies? Papas. Oh, Papas. Papados, Papa Seafood, Papacitos. So funny. I thought it was called Daddies. <laughs> oh, I can see. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... I was like, oh, that's so cool that she had kind of the same kind of early 20s, except I didn't go to college and wasn't (laughs) writing dissertation. (laughs) But there is like, that's my toxic trait of like, ah, maybe we'll become the next Brene Browns. But I'm like, but I'm not a research analyst and I don't care to do. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, but it's fun to have a live in the fantasy. Live in the fantasy. So I will keep you posted on more stuff that I like about her. I love that. Well, I'll talk about my um, gossiping journey because we were talking about this a little bit. This is kind of like a self-help episode, I guess. Yes. This is kind of like self-helpy because my thing about gossip is, and this has been like a long journey for me. It's like gossip is so tempting to engage in because I I don't know, like you get, you get like a little rush from it, especially when it's like, you know, we're in like a little community where it's like, everybody kind of knows everybody and people like hear certain things and then and it's almost like there are certain circles that you're in where people love to gossip and they love to dish and yeah and and you almost love it too but then it's like it gets so toxic and it's like where does where does the feeling come from like judging like actually I don't feel good about myself so I'm trying to throw somebody else under the bus yeah sometimes I have to check my intentions with gossiping you have to check your intentions yeah it's like like, why am I getting off to this am I getting off to this in the what do they call it schnafferfreud oh shot schadenfreud schadenfreud the German word for reveling in someone's misfortune yes yeah Um, and I think we're all guilty of that we totally are and I think like especially when you're in a business where there there's a lot of insecurity yes you know it's like you don't know like where your next like break is coming from and you see people getting something and then you want to create a story that they don't really deserve that so you don't have to have the introspection of maybe things aren't in my control in any way you know um I do have rules about gossip mainly one especially in our world Mm -hmm. is I try not to talk shit about and I don't in front of bookers about oh. talk shit about other comics in front of bookers. Yeah. That's I don't want to ruin anyone's ability to get a job, even yeah. if I don't think that person is great and doesn't yeah. deserve to get it. I've been really trying just not to do it at all in a casual context. Like but if it's I'm so hard, ugh, it's hard, especially when other people are doing it. Yes. And then you feel like, but I set a reminder on my phone that would go off every night as I was going out to spots. This is pre pandemic. Okay. But cause I noticed like when I felt, insecure socially that's when I would tend to throw out like a little piece of gossip or something yeah because I felt like and I know this comes from like a deep again I went through this with my therapist but it's like a deep feeling of like not feeling good enough to just be there by my presence like I need to like provide something yes you know I need to be like hey like I heard something about so and so (laughs) you know 
because I think that that will somehow make people like me when in fact they're just like, ew, no, like, you're awful. I, it depends though. There's certain sometimes every now and then there's somebody that has come in full on gossip, and then I get like, oh, I should be careful. You should be careful. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's just a person to kind of like trust up. That's a with. that's a good outcome of it. Which, yeah. But then it, you also are like use it because you're like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, you were like, oh, it's just protecting the herd. That's yeah. what I had a friend and um, I she I consider her like highly educated. She went to private school, went to like well known university in England, and she said there's like an evolutional need for gossip and it's to protect the herd Mm, mm -hmm. but sometimes I'm like I don't think this is protecting the herd but I think sometimes the an example of that is saying hey I wouldn't date that person or I wouldn't go on the road with that guy yeah because he does this right right he has he doesn't book a hotel for you and you have to share a room with him yeah that's the kind of stuff that helps protect yeah the herd that's the kind of stuff and that's not really gossip that's just like a warning (laughs) That's just like, just wa- be careful out be there. Be careful. But then there's other gossip, like, you know, times with people I've heard, like, uh, stealing money from their roommates, and it's people that you know, and then you're like, oh, that's salacious. But, like, I don't hold that against that person. It's just something well-noted. Well-noted. And not to trust them with my finances. Well-noted. And then sometimes you're like, oh, like, you only hear one side of it. Yes. And then you're like, oh, then you hear the other side and you're like, oh, actually, both yes. people are cuckoo that are like spreading. Absolutely. Because there hasn't there you've heard a piece of gossip and you're like, huh, I feel like you're missing a few sentences. Yeah. From yeah. This take. <laughs> yeah. Or you hear something from somebody else and then you repeat it and the other person is like, that doesn't sound right at all. And you're like, oh, my God, it doesn't. No. You're and like- I've been spreading it around town. <laughs> Irresponsible. But sometimes like. John Mulaney had a joke. I guess he was talking about, like, talking shit with your wife. Mm-hmm. And he's like, do you ever talk so much shit about your friends that you f- think the cops are going to bust in any minute being, like, <laughs> you're arrested? Because you're just, like, so bad at doing it. Yeah. Like, you're doing a crime. Yeah. But he was talking, like, it's almost like coming back from the Silk Road and coming back with jewels. Like, I know sometimes when Joe comes home from a day of work mm-hmm. or going out at night, my first thing is what's the hot goss <laughs> what's going on what's, what's going, going on? on and that's yeah. the details that I live for and those and that's the type of gossip I think that that can be fun when it's just like just little snippets and fun little bits that you're sharing with like an intimate person and it doesn't go farther than that yeah and then and then also it has like a little you know you cut it off because it sometimes I used to feel this like when I was in college I had a friend and we would just like trash mm-hmm. we were just trash talk and and we would call it drinking haterade. <laughs> we, that's how we would call. We would be like, okay, wait, we're on the haterade. Like it's too much, and now it's gotten like highly toxic. Yeah. And now you're just becoming a horrible bitch. Yes. And a lot of the times when you're doing it, especially around people that you're like not, you don't know them too well. I actually feel like you're giving a lot of information about yourself you're giving you're showing your cards you're you're showing yes you're very yeah. insecure and you're mean yeah yeah it's but mean is funny mean sometimes. is funny sometimes and I I've really like taken a step back from gossiping from like what I used to do when I was like really having you know 
issues with like my insecurity and I've kind of just been like I'm not gonna say mean stuff about people I'm gonna catch myself in the second like yeah I'm, I'm not gonna do it because like I don't want that to be me I don't want to take on that negative energy but then sometimes you're around somebody that's like kind of like that they have that like edge especially when it's a woman and you're yeah. like oh god that's so you're so good and they're uh, like whatever like I'm a bitch and I don't care about it and you're like oh you're powerful I know I love it there was a line from Steel Magnolias that I always loved from Olympia Dukakis that was if you don't have anything nice come sit next to me love it and love I've it. always loved that kind of woman yes yeah <laughs> and you do like I did a shoot recently and there were it was non-union which I am not in the actors union because I, I cannot afford to pay the, yeah, the fees. Dues. Yeah. So I'm in, I'm in the non-unit and they had like one scene where it was like, they had like a few people on that were pretty new actors, I would say. And this was something where it's like, obviously they didn't put a lot of thought into casting. Like they didn't even do like, I, I don't know. I don't know what these people's, I don't know what their issue was, but it took them like four hours to do one scene weird and they just couldn't they could not get the lines right they they were not memorized and it was just holding the entire production up and one of the other actors was like well I just don't know why it's taking so long I was like I do yeah and then I was like oh my god I and I was like sorry I'm kind of a bitch I guess I'm kind of a con I apologize for it and then I was like why didn't why did I need to apologize like that was nothing that was nothing like I'm just making a little joke like it's fine but I felt immediately guilty like oh I'm a bad woman absolutely well I just feel like I'm gonna rationalize this for you in a positive spin thank you what they did they came not prepared yeah and uh they deserve to be taken down they deserve it they're wasting people's time and there's nothing worse than this and then I hate is not is wasting people's time yeah yeah you guys deserve it yeah sorry it's fine (laughs) (laughs) yes so but yeah I mean my journey with gossip is just like trying to not be toxic as a person and also trying to have fun and not not um kind of like struggling against that role that society puts on women where it's like you have to be the nice girl yeah you know because I always feel like I either have to be the nice girl or like I'm a bitch and gossiping is bad and you know yes and you don't want to be also how annoying is it too if you're gossiping or this and somebody's like oh I don't gossip oh they're probably just having a really amazing time (laughs) they're probably just having a really hard time just like everyone else you're like okay psycho (laughs) Like, get out. Yeah. You don't belong here. It's so... I love it when people do that, too. That's so funny when somebody has that, like, they just automatically go to the other person's side. It's so... It's almost like like the same person that's like, oh, I don't watch TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm better than you. I know. I'm I'm choosing the high road. (laughs) Like, oh, okay. Oh, you're not dysfunctional then. Yeah. Okay. Boring. (laughs) Uh, But I I have a theory about, like, why people love, like... Real Housewives, because I really do. I think it's a safe form of gossip. Yes, totally. These people totally. have put it on display for entertainment. A lot of it's scripted. And now we get to talk about people that we feel like that are part of our lives in a way that's actually quite harmless, I think. Yes, yeah. that's so true. It really does fill that void of being like, can you believe what Ramona did? <laughs> She's a crazy bitch. Or like, and her Kardashian. eyes are wild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ramona with her crazy eyes. <laughs> Where I feel like if you do want to gossip, just throw out a, like a real house for uh, real housewives like uh, situation, and yes. we can discuss the behavior That's patterns. So of that. interesting. No, it is true. 
Because that's what I think sometimes for me, what I like about gossip is when I find out about some someone's behavior, I'm actually more fascinated with their behavior and yes. the choices that they made that I'm not like, I don't generally hold it against them or it doesn't make me want to treat them poorly. It's more of like, huh, I wonder what their background is or why they made the choices that they did. Yes, I feel the same way. And I I also got into like a bad habit with that kind of like going on Facebook and like trolling people and seeing like, why in the world would someone write this diatribe on Facebook? You know, like what's going on in their mind? Or like you think you know someone and then you see something that reveals their true colors and you just can't help but be like so intrigued by it. Absolutely. I mean, that's Facebook is a wonderful place. I, Facebook is like gossiping about your own self. <laughs> You're just putting it out there like on the edge today. It's like, really? Tell oh, me more. Yeah. Tell me more. Well, that's the thing too is like sometimes I think if I don't – I'm not trying to gossip. I'll just drop a gossip about myself. I love that. Just throw out a secret. Someone's a slut. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, well, I want to welcome our new, we have a new Patreon member, and we ran out of stones. <laughs> we ran out of stones, but you volunteered this <laughs> antler. I found this antler walking in the desert of Texas. Oh, that's so cool. And it was in a bush, and um, I got it, and I'm like... Uh, it's a find. It's really kind of like knobbly on the end. It's it's wild. I it's guess almost, they you're like, wow, this feels cool. And then it also feels like kind of freaky. In a but way. it's like a, it feels almost like a rock. And so I feel like it's close to a crystal. But I do love the fact that it just feels like we're getting more into witchcraft. Yeah, this is to welcome Sarah. <laughs> this is to welcome Sarah. So what we we're going to do welcoming each person with stones. But now we'll be welcoming you with a pagan artifact yes. that we have in the home. Thank you, Sarah B. More more. Thank we, you so much. We for just saw that you Patreon. joined our Patreon. So we appreciate. And we had a um, an awesome write in that I want to read. We had an awesome write in. That was the photo I just took. It said, um, <laughs> just finished listening to the signature color slash red flags episode. I loved hearing your perspectives on red flags, specifically in male friendships. I'm curious to hear you expand on this topic and talk more about male versus female friendships. I'm 31 now, but in high school, all my friends were boys to um, avoid high school girl drama. So mature. Of, yeah, I know. I love yeah. our. I love the journeyers are hilarious. Yes. <laughs> so mature of me, I know. Now, the older I get, the more I crave female friendship. I guess this is probably a natural evolution for most adult ladies, but I'd love to hear your stories and thoughts. After all, who doesn't want to reminisce about high school, the good old days? So thank you for writing in. Yeah, I won't Thank you. What's their first name? Jenny. 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 Thank, thank you. Thank you, Jenny. So yeah, I know. I thought this was such an f- interesting take because... I had a similar experience where when I was in high school, I just did not have many girlfriends because, first of all, it was because of my own insecurity. But I think, like, when you're in high school, it's easier to have boyfriends because boys are like, oh, you you like that? Like, I like that too, you know? So I had a lot of male friends. And I remember, like, especially when I was, like, in my smoking pot days. Yes. I would just be like, wow, I'm the only girl in here. Like, how cool is that? Yeah, it did really feel like you had value if you were the only girl. Yeah, like, like I'm one of the cool ones. And now they yeah. call it pick me girls. Oh, it's pick me girl. Yeah. yeah. And I definitely had that about me where it was like, but but it was like, I'm, I'm the only girl in here. I'm cool. Meanwhile, I'm sitting in the corner silent. Yeah. While like the men are talking, you know, yes. so it was like actually very kind of internalized misogyny, I think. Yeah. And I, I do think we all deal with that 
especially in our early years, that we kind of value more the relationships with men. I definitely have to feel like I definitely felt like um, when you hit a certain age that your value was the appreciation from men. Yeah, and it, that's what you're told by society, Which I think. Which is so annoying. And I think it's so it can be as subtle as, like, you see movies where the protagonist is male over and over and over again. You're like, oh, the man's story is the most important one. Yes, and, like, I always felt like, growing up and still now it always feels like I slightly get off to a, a male compliment more than a female compliment interesting which I'm not proud about mm-hmm. but there is something like oh wow the, the cult leader likes me yeah yeah <laughs> and I found that too where um like I, a male con like yeah if like a male comic gives you a compliment you're like oh I must be great yeah well there's more successful male comedians than there are than women comedians by yeah. far yeah sometimes I feel like if a woman compliments me well anytime anyone compliments me I'm like I think they're just being nice yeah I don't ever I'm like eh, they probably just felt bad for me <laughs> that, yeah you yeah and that's just like our own that's issue. my that's my bad pattern of never feeling good enough <laughs> which I am confronting one hour at a time reading my book every day Every day, starting today. (laughs) (laughs) And only today. Well, I had like, (laughs) yeah, and probably not tomorrow. (laughs) I had like kind of an interesting journey with this, I feel like, because I had mostly male friends in high school in my little pot smoking circles. and, And they were like good guys, you know, but I did not have a communion with them like I did with my female friends where it was like, you really have... And I do feel like this now, like I'm more comfortable around a woman anytime. And I went like the complete opposite direction where I was like in my 20s, I'm like, I am not friends with men. I don't like men. Like you can fuck off if you think you're going to be friends with me because I know you're just trying to get in my pants. I know you don't have, I I don't know what your motivation would be. Like you just want to hang out and write together. Like unless you're a gay guy, like I am not interested. Absolutely. And now I've kind of gone back, not to the other extreme where I'm like, I'm in my 30s. I'm now like. I'm willing to let male friendship into my life to a certain point, but you'll never be, you know, like I have, I do have like good male friends who like I'll text every now and then, you know, but I'm not like making a point to like, Hey, let's meet up. Let's meet up. Yeah. Uh, Or checking in. I'll reply. But even that sometimes I'm like, I got to stop replying to some of these. Yeah. It feels like women have a dynamic and, and I do think this is, I'm biased saying this, but women have a dynamic where I feel comfortable around them, where it's like, I could open up to any woman immediately, even if I don't know her well, if she has the right type of vibration, where yes. if I get a good feeling from her, like, um, I, I meet a comics girlfriend, I'm like, hey girl, like immediately, like, let, what, what are you into? Like, let's chat. Yeah. You know? We like the same things. It is weird. Because I was talking about this with another friend of mine. There was an, another comic that I was like, she's really nice, but I just don't have a vibe with her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we were like, what do you think that is? Like, do you think if she just tilted her head a different angle? Yeah. That would have changed it for you? Because sometimes you can, it's just a slight vibe shift. Yes. Yeah. That can change the dynamic. Sometimes you can really not like somebody. And then in a the hang, they say something that you're like. And then you're like, oh, I think now we actually have common ground. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost, it can be almost as simple as just them 
being like, hey, how are you? Yeah. You're like, uh, me? Yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you you want to talk to me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that, especially in like a comedy context, if there's only one or two women like in a room. I always will kind of make an effort. I make a small effort immediately to be like, hi, what's your name? Like if I don't know the person. Yeah. And if they don't reciprocate, then I'm like, okay. Well, I see what's I see what's going on. Got here. it. And I'm I'm not gonna get aggressive. Being right, like, right. Why won't you like me? I'm not gonna be like so. Like, what's your favorite color? Like, wait. Yeah, because there's as like when we're at the cellar, at the cellar where we work. <laughs> uh, when we're at the <laughs> cellar preparing to perform there, um, you'll sit at a table, and I'll notice sometimes there'll be a person or a comic that I've sat there so many times, and we just don't talk. But I've had that with Ari mm-hmm. for like a year. He never introduces himself and he'll only become friends if he notices that you're in the same And he's so vicinity. tall. It's like you can't really even chat with him because he's so far up there. Yeah. Like you just that you're like, over your head. you know, he's he's not on the same level. Yes. <laughs> but there are certain it just takes maybe time. It takes time, and I think, like, everybody does have their own, like, weird patterns that they're working through. Yeah. You know? But, like, men, now with male relationships, like, I have boundaries, like, I don't reach out to them. Right, right. It's if we see each other. Yes. Then we're friendly. Um, If they text or need something, I usually, I do reply back. But sometimes, like you said, when we were talking about, like, I think as a female comic, and this might happen in male comics, but I haven't heard, when there's certain guys that reach out to you and you feel like you're part of becoming, what was that term you called it? Parasympathetic. Oh, yeah. I think, it's, I think it's called a parasympathetic relationship. Yes. And it's a thing. I heard about this in an article um, maybe like a year ago. I think it's a newer like social concept where it's like if you see somebody like in a context of like a TV show or something and you feel like you know them. Yes. And so I think that, yeah, that happens with female comedians where it's like, and it happens with male comedians too. Cause I've, I know Mike's had like somebody, he like woke up to like a text one day. It was like, Mike, I'm a trucker. <laughs> and he's like, how did this guy get my number? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but you feel, but I sometimes feel like I'm being taken advantage of because maybe they think I'm nice and now they are delving emotional facts yes, about yeah. them. And now I feel like I have been manipulated to be drawn in. Yes. And you're like, okay, I don't want to have a full phone correspondence with you (laughs) you know it's like this can't be where this goes no because we're told online to engage yes and then you're engaging and then it's like the person is just writing back writing back writing back and you're like this is too much it's It's too much so I've dropped those and then now especially to a lot of people have partners yeah and I just feel like it causes less drama in my relationship if I keep a nice boundary with male relationships. Totally. Totally. Meaning, like, not that anything's going on, but it it allows Joe to not think anything's going on because you know how people's imagination can get. And it also allows their partner not to hate me. Totally. Yeah. And and I, I feel like the exact same. Like, I do have male comics that, like, Yes, I'll meet up for coffee with you. Yes, like I'll keep you in mind for a spot. Um, no, I'm not going to be sharing a hotel room with you. Like, yes. boundary drawn. Like, female comic uh, all day. And do not I text will me live at midnight. in your room. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like no texting late. But, but, you know, at the same time, I think like there's definitely some awesome dudes. Yes. And that I love in my life. 
that I love them, but still like with a boundary. With a boundary. And that's the best. For me, that's the best. Yes. And that was a thing also you learned in as a female comic, the whole we should meet up to write. It took me a while to figure out that was a, trying to be a hookup scenario. Yeah. And you just get, you do as somebody who's early into comedy and I can see it so clearly now when I see someone who's been doing it like two years or something. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, like me and so-and-so are like, we're going to go meet up for jokes. It's I like, are you yeah. like, what are you writing jokes about cock? <laughs> what are they dick jokes? Cause you know, so it's, it is something I think is unfortunate and it gives the guys that are like actually good dudes it gives them a bad name it does and I always say guys will at least guy comics the ones that want to help you will help you without saying we should write sometime I will just get a hey such and such recommended you and I didn't even yeah like here's it. a gig yeah. yeah like help me with a booking they didn't tell me about it they just did it and then that was it yeah well unfortunately when you're like two years in you think like you're like oh this person's gonna like take me under their wing it's like no you're not good so you can't be helped yeah you've only been doing stand-up two years like you're not gonna blow them away at the stand-up auditions yeah and it just takes it it takes one incident in every girl's life to learn that yeah horrific yep. lesson yeah yeah so it's it's an awful truth but and that's the thing too with having I, we're only talking like in hetero ways, of course. Yes, yes, mix. yes. I have lots of male gay friends. Yeah, that I treasure them, and you know their relationship is a little different, a, totally different than a, than a hetero guy. But that's the thing is like, if you're like to be close with a guy, it's so I just don't remember my parents' marriage where my mom met her best guy friend for lunch right, all the time or right. dinner. Yeah, like right, it just. So that was not a thing that I grew up in. So I feel like it's always just like a weird boundary. But but I don't have the same boundary, for example, with like um, a lesbian or like a non-binary friend. Where Absolutely. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, we'll share the hotel. Yeah. Like, of course. Definitely. You know? But yeah, I think uh, straight guys do, they get a bad rap because some of them are bad. Most of them. <laughs> Most of them. <laughs> some of them are great. And I did share a hotel room with a guy one time, a, a, a straight guy, yeah. close friend, separate beds. And it was not a big deal, and it was like we were on a tour. We were on, like, a tour with other people, so it was like, whatever. It, it, not a big deal. It's not a big deal, but I do have to tell you, out of a Tourette situation in my head of, or intrusive thought, it it still feels like when you share a room with a male. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. It's, it's like, weird. Or sitting, you know, sometimes I've done a podcast for a male comic, and I'm because New York is small, I'm sitting on their bed. Yeah, and then you're like, this is uncomfortable. Yeah, where you're like, I know nothing's going on, but I feel, this just feels weird. It feels weird. And I, I have to say, like, I really do appreciate female friendship. Yes. As I, as I grow older, I'm like, it's kind of the only thing that I want, because even if, like, yes, there are a lot of good guys, there are good guys out there, but I feel like a lot of straight men still do have internalized misogyny that they cannot they can't they wouldn't never be like oh I don't think women should vote or whatever yeah but th at the same time they would be like my favorite comedians are such and such such and such such and such such and such Bill Burr whoever all dudes yeah and it took me like a long time to realize that like oh it's not because those are the best comedians in the world like it's because 
you have a little bit of internalized misogyny and you're never going to think that I'm as good of a comedian as a woman will. Yes. Who has my same perspective and can appreciate me as who I am actually and not somebody who could like maybe potentially blow you in like, you know, in some kind of alternate reality. Absolutely. I do agree with that assessment whatsoever because full heartedly because I still feel like, and this might be in my mind, but I definitely feel like I, I'm right about this. When I'm hanging out with guy comics and we're all talking about a subject and I chime in with my opinion, I just feel like it's not yeah, they'll be valued like, as much. Yeah. We're like, have you ever had that? Like you've had that, like a, like time where like everyone's chiming in like, ha 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 ha. And then you chime in and it gets nothing. Yes. And you're like, well, what the fuck? What the fuck was that? Yeah. And I'm just over here. I'm nobody. Like, yeah. Fuck you guys. And then you'll have someone say kind of the same thing and they're like, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, all right. I, I see what's I, going on here. Yeah. And so. it does happen. And it happens to even the ones that think they're the best. Yeah. Of yeah. not being that way. Yeah. Because because they are telling themselves a story. It's just like the Adam Carolla thing a few years ago where he was like, I just don't think women are funny. And it's like we had to have this debate where it's like, well, can women even be funny? It's like we live in a misogynistic world. And the fact that I can vote like that doesn't mean that misogyny doesn't exist. It's the same thing as like racism, you know, where yeah, people yeah. people want to be like, it's not it's we're fine. We're all equal. And it's like, well, then why every time I post on YouTube, do I have one thousand Swedish men writing dog shit comments yes <laughs> yeah um. no it's it it is it's just like and also women's sensibilities are a little bit different that I just think that every I think some of the funniest people in my life have always been female like there are yeah, I do find absolutely. dudes really funny yeah but I just feel like the ones when we're having the most I'm always having the most fun with the female yeah. And yeah. like when you were growing up, when you were younger, like even even in like grade school, you know, there was definitely like w- young girls that would crack me up. And I would just think, God, like this girl is so, so funny. Yeah. And they I would even consider that their humor is more on like a masculine side, like yeah. kind of like a jackassy thing. Yeah. Um, but guys still wouldn't let it be the funny thing in the room. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, that's our well, we that's our men. take on <laughs> that's our take on male friendship. But we do want to extend a special thank you to the men that have been following us and join our Patreon. We are not talking about you. Yeah, we're definitely not talking about you, and we appreciate you, and we feel your kindness. Thank you, Lady Journey. <laughs> Lady Journey.